0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app
1: to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Good
2: morning. Good morning, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture Seltzer Rushing here. We're going to be talking about gardening. I hope you've got some stuff on your mind because... Here it is uh, the real dog days of July, and stretching to August. Not a whole lot practical you can do other than just maintain what you've got, whether it's mowing or pruning or weeding. Or you know, there's some things you could be planting right now, you know, to get ready for fall. But we've still got two or three more weeks before the end of. I recommend you plant tomatoes and peppers for fall. So we got plenty of time for fall. Right now, it's more about looking for bugs. Keeping track of things, giving plants a good deep soaking, and these are the kind of things. If you have questions about it, or if you have got diseases or blights or bugs or something like that, you give me a call about that. I've got a little training in entomology and plant pathology, but a lot of experience in, in squishing bugs in my own garden, and watching leaf diseases and foliage problems. You know, I'm a gardener. Horticulture is one thing, but you know, that's about crop production. When it gets off of work, I'm just a gardener, water my own plant, pull my own weeds, that kind of thing. So if you've got questions about a practical approach, I try to give you the advice that I would give myself or my mother. Uh, if you want a technical thing, I might be able to help you that. Otherwise, I can sure find out. But the main thing is the call-in program. Give us a call. It's toll free one eight seven seven mpb ring RING stands for dial it up, I guess. MPB is for Mississippi Public broadcasting. One eight seven seven MPB ring. Uh, I know we got plenty of folks who've got things going on because I've been getting tons of emails. Uh, I, I answer emails literally all week long, uh, including some just this morning. If you want to shoot me an email sometime, you don't feel like talking on the radio, or maybe you want to get a little bit more in depth detail. It's real easy. Garden at MPBonline.org. Garden at MPBonline.org. Get a whole lot of stuff if it's about a disease or plant or a bug or something, I appreciate if you can include a really clear close up picture of it. that helps a whole lot that way, if I don't know something, I don't afford it to somebody else, you know then you know between this, we can try to figure it out um, meanwhile there's some there's some unusual things going on. this is the time of year to be harvesting stuff. Uh, Or if you don't harvest yourself, maybe go to a farmer's market if you got one. If you got one, you really ought to support it. But things like Smith County watermelons and sweet corn right off the plant, all those beans and peas, these things are showing up fresh from the garden, fresh from the farmer's garden. And uh, a real quick tip, if you're thinking about – Sweet corn or white corn, you know, you go there and they get white corn and sweet corn. What's the real difference? I mean, come on. A lot of people prefer one or the other, but is there really a difference? And it turns out, no, not really. Uh, sweet corn is sweet corn. The yellow kind has a different gene mut- mutation that causes it to produce uh, this stuff called carotene. It's what gives it the yellow color, and also it's converted into vitamin A. So there's a slight uh, uh, improvement in the nutrition of yellow sweet corn, but it's all about the same. Uh, anyway, come on a real summer delight, uh, if you've ever never roasted corn in the husk, what you do is you pull the husk, you leave the husk on it, you pull the husk back, pull out as many of the silts as you can, replace the whole, push them back on, and then soak it in water for 10 or 15 or 20 minutes. This really helps it uh, steam a little bit juicier. Uh, you can roast it on a a medium high grill, you know, to one side of the grill for 10 or 12 minutes until it gets a little charred, you know, maybe turn it every two or three minutes. Anyway, if you put a little uh, uh, butter on some bread, if you'll butter some bread, that makes it easier to put the butter on the corn. That's an oddball thing that's not in the book. So if you had trouble keeping the butter from sliding down off the corn – Put some on a, on a piece of bread or rub it around there. Uh, that, that works, too. Um, anyway, I, I love to have a little what I call a horticulture tidbits for the week. And, uh, by the way, uh, Java, uh, uh, you, you still there?
3: Oh, yeah, man. I'm always here. What's up?
2: <laughs> well, I know sometimes it seems like I just blather, blather, blather. Um, one of this, uh, you know, One of the emails you forwarded me this week, somebody called me a devil's advocate. What's up with that?
3: Uh, I'm not sure, man. You know, people (laughs) have their own opinions, and, you know, hey, it's America.
2: (laughs) Well, yeah, but, you know, I actually looked up devil's advocate. and Come find out I am one, but it's not that bad a thing. Uh, It's actually a compliment. Uh, These days, is you call somebody devil's advocate, means that they're mischievous or they're contradictory, just being contrary for the sake of it. But in medieval Europe, Devil's Advocate wasn't negative at all. It was a real person, an official of the Catholic Church. It was his job to do that. So, it, you know, I, I feel sort of special. Vatican, back in the 1500s, they had this uh, role called promoter of the faith. They called it Advocatus diaboli or Devil's Advocate. You know, his job was to check when somebody was going to be beatified or canonized as a saint, it was his job to dig up everything he could, including the unfavorable stuff, you know, checks and balances uh, to make sure that they weren't going to turn somebody to saint who also had some horrible, horrible other things in their life. So basically, he was just looking for for the good and the bad and the bad and the good, more complete picture. And I, I think that's kind of what I do. Somebody says, this is a really good thing, you ought to do it. I'm thinking, what are the disadvantages of doing it? If somebody says, that's a really bad thing, I want to find out why, and is there a way around it to make it not so bad? Anyway, devil's advocate, advocatus diaboli—that's me. He <laughs> anyway. Let's go down to Mobile, Alabama. Julio has been—is it Julio or Julio? Hello, Julio. I can't tell if they're on the line,
3: Java. Yeah, we'll put Julio yeah. back on hold. See if we can get him on. But we um already have Robert and Jackson. He has a um I guess a question or comment about some backwoods. Okay, hey, boxwoods.
2: Robert, good morning, Boxwoods. Hey, well, up, this is just a short question about boxwoods. Uh, yeah, Which
0: is the best way to uh, the best time of the year to trim your boxwoods, especially if you've got to cut them back a good little distance. I assume
2: it's not yeah. now, but... I actually actually can do it now, and, and oddly enough, the only shrub I've got in my whole garden that's pruned into a tight meatball, which I do just to show people that I, I know what to do, is a boxwood, and it's just in a perfect tight little meatball shape. You can cut them back to two feet tall if you want to, and they'll sprout out and start over again. The problem is it takes boxwoods a little bit longer than other shrubs to put out new growth. So people are going to talk about you a little bit longer than they normally would. If you're going to do it, you can can do it now, but I go ahead and get right on it because it takes, uh, oh, six weeks or so for the new growth to come out. We want time for it to toughen up before winter. So anyway, the best time would be late winter, early spring. You could do it up until, oh, the end of this month, uh, first part of August, and it still has time to put out new growth. No problem. Thank you very much, Felder. Thank you. Well, let me let me give you one other quick tip on that. When you cut them out really hard, it'll take forever. But when it sprouts, those new stems are going to just shoot straight up. So if you can come back and cut the tips off the new growth, so instead of getting up long and skinny, it That that'll get bushier quicker. So be sure to tip prune the new growth first chance you get. All righty, let's go now to Mobile. Julio, are you on the line? Hey, uh, I, I'll call because I'm not sure
0: if this that a friend of mine told me is true or not. I had yeah. a lima tree that uh, was severely damaged during a frost. In fact, I thought it was gone. So I, I cut the dead tree and, and from the bottom a new tree came about and, but never produced any fruit. Um, yeah. This friend of mine said that because it has thorns, it's a shoot that is coming from the roots. That's what I don't understand. And yeah. that that is, that is why it's not present fruits. Is that true?
2: Well, yeah. As a matter of fact, most citrus plants are grafted, and they're grafted onto a rootstock of a plant that – has a lot of thorns, and it'll make a fruit, but it's nowhere near what you want. It's just a good, sturdy rootstock. It's usually uh, grafted about, oh, six or eight inches above the ground. If the top part gets killed, the root plant is tough as nails. It'll grow up in Tennessee. If it sprouts out, the plant's got a lot of thorns on it. That's just the rootstock. You know, what what you bought, the grafted part, has died and just got the rootstock growing up. It's a pretty plant. It'll bloom okay, but it's not going to be a lime.
0: Yeah,
2: it has a lot of thorns. Yeah, let me ask you this: the leaves on it? You know, most citrus, like lemons and limes and oranges, their their leaves are you know kind of kind of biggish, but the rootstock of most of these things has a lot of thorns. But each leaf has got three leaflets on it. Have you have you noticed that? Uh, no, no, I have not looked. I have not looked. I mean, it's yeah. Well, I, I bet it does. Anyway, it's real thorn. If it comes down within six inches of the ground, that's just the rootstock. You know, e- even in central Florida they have trouble with, with uh citrus plants uh you know being damaged by cold. So every now and then we get a real winter and down in Mobile on the Gulf Coast we lose stuff that can norm can make it five or six or maybe ten years till a normal winter comes along. So, you know, the best thing to do is just shrug and replant.
0: Uh, so there's nothing I can do to the plant itself.
2: No, no, you got well what you know, what they do is it's sort of like uh um, well, there's not a good comparison. It's just citrus plants don't grow really well on their own roots, so they cut the the top part off and they stick it on a wild citrus that's got good roots but not good fruit. They just stick them together. It's just well, okay. and Okay, well it's good to know because then I can go ahead and buy another one. <laughs> yeah. And like I say, if if it's if it's not in a bad place, they still make pretty plants, you know. So you know it's not a bad plant. It just ain't a lime plant. Okay. Well, thanks a lot. Okay, Julia. I appreciate bye. your call. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Bye, bye. Okay, folks. If you want to give us a call, we're going to take a little bit of a break. We've got the uh, some lines open. We've got a fellow from Pastor Gula hanging on, but uh, give us a one eight seven seven M P B ring. Uh, in just a couple of minutes after this break, after a couple of calls, I'm going to play something that is sent in by y'all, by listeners. Uh, last week I had asked if anybody has, was familiar with the tune uh, that's, that's by a fellow named John Prine called Dear Abby, Dear Abby. Asked people to send in some suggested Dear Felder lyrics, and I got a ton of them. Anyway, stick with us. We're going to come back for the break. Take some phone calls to do that, but toll free one eight seven seven 1-877-MPB-RING. You're listening to Mississippi Public Broadcasting.
4: We'll be right back.
2: Okie dokie folks, welcome back. Horticulture's fellow Russian. I know it's really, really hot. These are what we call the dog days, and I've got a little dog day tune coming up in about oh ten minutes or so. Uh, 10 or 20 minutes, 15 minutes, something like that. But meanwhile, if you want to give me a call, it's toll free one eight seven mpb ring Let's go down and talk with Scott. Scott, you're down in Pascagoula, right? Yes, sir. Good morning. Good morning. What's up? Got a question for you about taking a cutting off of a mallow and, you know, yeah. rooting it and growing it and it, its ability to flower and all that. Will that be compromised? Oh, yeah, yeah it's really – mallows are, are, are pretty easy to root, as a matter of fact. You don't want to get that real floppy stuff at the very tip. You don't want to get the old woody stuff at the base. So if you can cut a branch off and make two or three cuttings from the middle section of it, this year's growth is kind of tough. Um, the main thing is because they got big leaves, uh, Scott, you, you want to cut most of the leaves off. And the ones that are left, I would cut them in half, cut the the, the outer half off so that the leaves are shorter – that way they won't suck that stem dry until it has a chance to grow roots. And if you're rooted in some moist potting soil in a place that's bright light but not hot sun, they'll root pretty quick. A lot of people also put up, make a little plastic tent to keep the humidity really high. But high humidity, bright indirect light, keep it moist. They root pretty quickly. Great. Thank you. Okay. Appreciate it. Oh, there's so many different kinds of plants in that mallow family. A lot of people don't realize cotton is a mallow, okra is a mallow, Um, hibiscus is a mallow, a lot of really good. We have some terrific big mallows with dinner plate-sized flowers. Anyway, staying on the coast, let's slide over to Biloxi. Hey, David, good morning, sir. Good morning. How are you? I'm fine. What you got going on today?
0: Man, I've got some blueberry bushes that just make a ton of bears. But the bushes are a little small, and I was told I probably need to be pruning them bushes. If that's the case, when and how much?
2: Well, uh, You say they're small or they're tall? They're small.
0: They're, uh, you know, the tallest bush is about five foot, five foot tall, but about
2: yeah.
0: dang near five foot diameter. So I mean, yeah, I'm getting a well, bunch that's... of bears, but it seems like I'm getting... It seems like well, I'm getting...
2: Here, here's here's the deal on these things, Dave. A lot of blueberries get a whole lot taller than that, but some are fairly compact. I sound like in a whether you did it on purpose or lucked up, you got some of the compact kind. And uh, so, really, the only two ways you really need to prune blueberries, if you need to, is when you get through picking uh, in June and July. As soon as you get through picking, any stuff that's getting kind of hard to reach, go ahead and reach down in the plant and cut it way back, just the tall parts way back. And then whatever's left, if you'll snip the tips off just this year's new growth, instead of it shooting long and, and tall and skinny, it'll bush out. So you know, time from spring until the middle of the summer, you can snip the tips off new growth to make them bushier for the next year. But don't do any pruning pass about the end of this month because we want new growth to have time to toughen up and set flower buds before fall. So, other than snipping the tips off this year's new growth, Cutting out any tall stuff, that, that, as soon as you get through picking it, that's about all you need to do. Hello?
0: Thank you so much.
2: <laughs> Sometimes I just blather on and on. Uh, sorry about that, Dave. Anyway, if you have some more questions, give us a call back. Uh, by the way, folks, you can also shoot me an email, any kind of garden questions, garden at MPB online. Let's go up to Columbia. Good morning, Thomas. Howdy. Good morning. Uh, Every year,
0: I've always done well with my garden. Everything produced well. I'd give stuff away. So I had a soil sample, and I think I'm going to throw this at you. The lady said put basic slag and lime on your garden. Could that have, and this year, I have not produced anything hardly. I mean, nothing grows, nothing produces. Could that, what I put on there, could that
5: have stunted it?
2: Could could I be a detriment doing that? Not not unless you put a whole lot more of what they called for. Now, usually when they, they say you need lime, it's because your soil is acidic. Most plants don't do that. Blueberries like acidic soil, camellias. But most vegetables do well and uh, not quite so acidic. And the lime, which lasts for three or four years, counteracts the acidity of the soil. All slag does is like a fast-acting lime, and it works in the short run till your lime kicks in for the long run. So unless you overdid it, that really wouldn't be the problem. It, you know, it might just be, you know, i i, I been getting a lot of calls about uh, people whose Plants are are flowering and the flowers dropping off, and I'm just wondering if it's not just weather related. It but could, it, would, it wouldn't would, be would the lime of the Would, fly- would you uh, get another soil sample? No, no, no. Did you put the amount that they recommended?
0: Pretty much, that, yes.
2: That that you good for three or four years or more? Okay. Trust
0: me so on maybe, that. maybe now maybe what, next year I'll be better
2: yeah yeah and here's or or this fall, you know you got plenty of time to to set stuff out. If you could find a garden that' that's got some some pepper plants, most of the time they've still got tomatoes, but you can set out peppers and tomatoes and other summer stuff for the next three weeks and still get a really good crop mm. matter of fact, a lot of times you get a better crop in the fall than the stuff you planted in the spring
0: yeah, These, uh, I, don't don't, come, uh, get, I hope I can find some plants somewhere,
2: so. Yeah, one other thing, uh, when you have your soil tested at, at Mississippi State, and I've tested soil for Mississippi State when I work for them, they the computer recommends a type of nitrogen called ammonium nitrate. This is an agriculture chemical. I never recommend ammonium nitrate for gardens because it's fast, it's strong, and it's temporary. So... Um, you know, if you, if you use ammonium nitrate, you know, that can blow your plants up and, you know, make them big and puffy, and then they just don't then they sort of shut down. All
0: so right. I,
2: I, would, I wouldn't okay. use that is what I'm saying.
0: All right. Well, I appreciate it, sir.
2: Okay. Good luck, it, Thomas. Maybe the weather will change. Hey Jonas, Jonas Java, I am so sorry. Why do I keep doing that? We
3: had no, you didn't, You don't keep doing it. We haven't had that mistake in a while, so I, I, I. Well, great I'm just. <laughs> it's just
2: the, 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 the Jay thing. The Jay thing. Anyway, sorry about that. Listen, last week, you know, I threw out this idea of people sending in some lyric suggestions to go to the tune of John Price, "Dear Abby, Dear Abby," and boy, oh boy, have you noticed how many of those I got?
3: Yeah, like I said, when you ask, the people, they, they respond. So I wasn't surprised at all, man.
2: Well, we I, I got uh, probably a dozen and a half or so just in one week. And if anybody interested in send us some more, that'd be fine. But I got this guy named Gus Mohammed, Now, Gus has played some stuff forth before, uh, but he's in Belzona, and he agreed to put it to, to tune and sing. And uh, let's run, it's just a little short thing. It's just two of the verses that listeners sent in, Celebrating the our question and answer type approach. So see if you can run that. This is Gus Mohammed from Belzona playing lyrics that folks you send in here to mpbonline.org or garden at mpbonline.org. Let's 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 see how it goes Dear Felder,
4: dear Felder, your rants are too long. But your hair is just fine and you're not often wrong. Your radio friends, well, they're the best friends of all write you a letter They give you a call We're all bewildered Bewildered, bewildered You wrote no complaint We are what we are And we ain't what we ain't As far as my hair Well, I like it long Just like the hippie That's singing this song Sign dear Felder Felder, dear Felder, I just want to shout I lost all my plants during this summer's drought I wondered if you, might could give me a hand To breathe some new life into this barren land Sign Real Hopeful Real Hopeful, Real Hopeful You have some complaint But I'm just a man, not the Earth's patron saint Nothing to do but just plow it in good and plan for next season, you old pecker wood sign dear Felder
2: all right, was that cheesy enough for you, Java?
3: I guess if you <laughs> we need a, we need a, we need a burger for that cheese man,
2: <laughs> well, I got a whole bunch more, some of them are just. Wow. Anyway, Gus, uh, he's a, he's a registered nurse, but he's also a, a, an old hippie, plays guitar in the privacy of his own home up at Bells on. He said he would put some of these tunes. So, folks, if you got some, send them to us at garden at mpbonline.org. Um, if you, uh, if you want to give us a call, one eight seven seven mpb we've got the lines wide, wide open. There's a lot to be going on right now, but it's really, really hot. We're in what's called the dog days. And so while you're dialing in to chat with me you about your garden or emailing me about uh, stuff we could talk about, we're going to take a real quick break and listen to uh, sort of a, an Austin version of the blues about hot summertime dog days. I'm horticulturist Felder Rushing. This is the Gestalt Gardener here on Mississippi public broadcasting we call it think radio we'll be right back with more of your questions about gardening right after this
1: West and a cool front to the north, but I can't get no relief out even on the porch. I got them dog day blues.
0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone
1: on demand. Hello, okay, dokie
5: folks,
2: we uh, Dog Day Blues. That's something uh, right out of Austin, Texas. Hey, if you want to give me a call and talk about what's on your gardening mind, uh, I try to give pretty good advice if I can. Just, if I don't know something I try to find out. Now, I am opinionated, though, because on one hand, I've got horticulture training and plant pathology and entomology and turf management and weed science and soils and plant physiology and all that kind of stuff. So I'm as left-brained as you can be. But on the other hand, I'm a gardener. I'm lazy. I'm tired. I'm busy. I'm gone. It's hot. And so I try to look for shortcuts. And if you want to go either direction with me, don't feel like you need to peg me as being all one way or the other, because I wear a lot of different hats. Try to anyway. And if there's a chance for me to learn something, great. Give us a call, 1-877-MPB-RING. If you want the numbers, that's 1-77-672-7464. Uh, anyway, you can also shoot us an email, garden at org. Anybody interested in su- sending some more Dear Felder, Dear Felder uh, type of lyrics, shoot me an email, garden at mpbonline.org. Keep it clean, of course. It's a family program, y'all. By the way, the Mississippi Press Association uh, sends uh, a weekly column, a newspaper column of mine to the weekly and daily newspapers around the state. Uh, this week, it's about um, uh, a, a, it's about herbs. It's about the best, easiest culinary herbs or herbs, if you want to go that way, for average gardeners who don't want to really get into the mystique of herbs, just want a little oregano or some rosemary, basil, maybe hot pepper, something to throw into the soup, or pasta sauce. Truth is, you really don't have to know much about herbs. Overall, to use a few of them, as just regular garden plants with benefits. Anyway, that's uh, sent out to all the weekly and daily newspapers in Mississippi, compliments of the Mississippi Press Association. Look forward to hearing from y'all who read my columns there. And uh, if you want to give me a call live right now, the line's are wide open. It's one mpb ring Got the lines wide, wide open. I want to throw out one other thing. Uh, I also reluctantly started doing a garden blog, sort of like an opinion piece. Um, and I'm not one of these going to put out a blog every day or even every week. Every couple of three weeks, I'll add one, and it's not going to be a bunch of how-to. It's sort of a what-for. Anyway, this week, I wrote about artificial lawns, not necessarily promoting them, but showing you some really interesting aspects and some applications where the – and I'm not talking about old-fashioned astroturf. I'm talking about the new stuff that looks – feels so real, it's even got brown stuff woven into it to make it look like it's got thatch or dead grass. Anyway, if you want a uh, little information on that, have a little fun. Check out also my blog about about uh, flower shows and garden notes. It's real easy, FelderRushing.blog, B-L-O-G, FelderRushing.blog. Uh, meanwhile, a call came pouring in. Let's go to Brandon. Hey, Mary, good morning.
5: Good morning, Felder. Howdy! What's news, up? I have good news and bad news. Oh. My my Harlequin beauty bower is beautiful, and I have dozens Frank. of
2: morning glories.
5: I mean, dozens it's of butterflies fragrant
2: too. Fragrant. But that Harlequin glory bower is such a fragrant plant.
5: It is, it is lovely all year, you know from the, from the blooms to the berries. But anyway, in addition to the butterflies, now I have caterpillars all over my clay on they're eating them up. It's just yep. I hate I hate to just spray them. But, uh,
2: yeah, and I'm willing well, to share,
5: but they're eating them every one. Yeah, and what and
2: which which plant are they on? The cleomis c l o m i s. Oh right. yeah 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 cleomis. Well, you know cleomis are annual. You can actually cut those back and so they'll bush out. You know. So okay, What that's you might what I want did. to do is yeah, just cut a few of them back, yeah. and and by the time they branch back out, the caterpillars, which to be honest, is probably just a passing thing. One butterfly I can lay. Dozens and dozens of eggs. By the time you notice the caterpillars, they've usually done their damage and they're on their way out. So, cut a few back, and uh, I would leave a few of the caterpillars or a couple of the plants with them on there just to keep that little butterfly life cycle thing going.
5: Well, there, there's plenty left. My other question yeah. is, I bought a morning glory tree at the garden center sale. You know, the yeah, cell, and it's lovely. It was about uh, two and a half feet tall when I bought it. It has gone straight up. It's like eight feet tall now, and it has beautiful blooms yes. on it. Can I cut it back this fall and root it, or do I need to leave it alone? Help me.
2: Every, is this the one with the big blue flowers? Uh, big
5: uh, pinkies, lavender flowers.
2: Yeah, They're yeah, really yeah. Uh, this, every, every one that you buy is grown from a cutting, usually about a foot, foot and a half long. And if you mm-hmm. wanted to cut it back, no, you have just the one? Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, you can wait till fall if you want to and, and, and make cuttings a foot and a half or so long and, and get this root them in shallow water. Get you a bucket with only oh, two or three or four inches of water in it because the root's at the bottom. But uh-huh. uh, you can also cut it back now in root pieces and what's left will sprout out and bloom again later this summer and fall. Okay, well, it's still blooming really pretty by
5: now, but I may in a week or so to do that. Thank you so much.
2: You bet. I appreciate it. Oh, and by the way, as far as those caterpillars, I've been squishing little green caterpillars. I'm growing garden peas, and the little caterpillars are just eating them. I go out every morning and every evening peeling back, looking for little things. Much as I love butterflies, I love my peas more. So I've been squishing with my fingers. Sorry, well, butterflies. I can do that too, but it's yucky. It is yucky, but, you know, <laughs> what can you do? I appreciate right, you calling Thank you. Stay, stay cool. Okay, now let's go uh, to Batesville, right on the edge of the Delta. Hey, Keith, good morning. All right, how are you doing this morning? So far, so good. What's going on with you?
1: Uh, I
0: I had a question about uh, uh, about uh, uh, crepe myrtles. Uh, uh, crepe myrtles, uh, by, I parked my car by them, and I was wondering, don't they – Throw things on a
2: car? Don't they spit? A uh, crepe myrtles that are, are that is. Well, a- actually, it's not the crepe myrtles doing that. There's bugs on the crepe myrtles on the leaves and the twigs. They're sucking sap out of the plant, and what's coming out the other end of the bug is what's ripping on your cars. It's real sticky. It's got undissolved plant sugar in it, and that's what's sticky, and that's what causes that that uh, black stuff mold to grow and stuff too. But it's insects. Uh, that are stuck in that oh. you're getting. Oh, okay. It? Well, uh, thank
0: you. Th- thank you much for, for that. Thank Thank you, sir. I'll, I'll talk to you okay. later. Uh, y'all have a great okay.
2: okay. Good luck on it, Keith. And by the way, for those of you with the unanswered um, the unasked question, what can you do about it? The sticky stuff that's coming out of the insects is called honeydew. You know, so this is a weird word. But it, and actually, believe it or not, some of it is edible. But not that we want to do that. I'm just saying, you know, just like eating squirrels. If you get hungry enough, you might give it a try. But anyway, the stuff, when it drips on the furniture or cars or things like that, it's sticky. It's just like a type of syrup. And if you want to get it off, if you wet it down and let it soak for a few minutes, then it washes right off. But uh, just like if you have some old syrup on your kitchen counter, if you drip a little water on it, give it a, a minute or two, it wipes right up. But right at first, it's real, real sticky. So try washing stuff down a few minutes later, rinsing it off with some clear water, and that will help a whole bunch. Uh, meanwhile, let's slide down to Jackson. Good morning, Joe. Hey there. Good morning.
0: Good so. morning. Yeah. How are you?
2: What's uh
0: The question is about knockout roses. Yeah. And they're not uh, bloom, re-blooming fast enough. Is there anything I can uh, put on them to make them bloom faster uh, or keep blooming more? I do uh, uh, everything I can, but it, it doesn't work.
2: Yeah. A couple of things. For if, if one thing, if you, if you fertilize them too much or if you water them too much, that can cause problems. But a little bit of fertilizer uh every couple of months or so just a little bit and then an occasional good deep soaking without letting it stay wet those will keep the plant as healthy as possible but also you can go in and from time to time just cut some of the branches that have stopped blooming just cut them back a little ways a third or halfway and by cutting those off they'll almost immediately start putting out new growth that'll bloom so that to keep continuous blooms. It just Every now and then, when you think about it, just cut a few of the old stems back, leave some of them unpruned. That way you'll always have new flowering stems com- coming on all the time.
0: Yeah, because I do uh, deadhead, but uh, what type of fertilizer would you recommend?
2: Almost any kind of uh, fertilizer is good for gardens. I wouldn't use uh, agriculture stuff like Triple Thirteen or Triple A, but anything that's good for vegetables or roses or flowering shrubs. You know, anything like that would be good. And all it takes is just a scant handful per plant, uh, you know, and do an occasional deep soaking. But instead of just deadheading them, Joe, go ahead and cut those stems and finish blooming. Cut them back, you know, into stuff about as big around as your little finger. You know, cut them back a third or so. They'll come out with real strong uh, uh, flowering growth deeper in the plant that way. Okay. And um, it, I
0: noticed that a lot of the deep red colored ones, they regenerate quite a bit. Mine are like, in between pink and red, not as red. Yeah, Does
2: that have yeah, anything so it, to do with it? it? It does a little bit, Joe. The, the the guy who developed Knockout Rose, you know, the first one he came out with was great. Then he started coming out with, with different varieties, of different, and, and not all of them are going to be as vigorous as each other. You know, there's some mm-hmm. that are going to be, you know, just prettier than others. Some got more flowers than others, just like crepe myrtles. Some bloom better than others, depending on the type. But right. other than a little fertilizer, good soaking and occasional pruning, that's about all you can do. Great, great. Well thank you for your time. Hey Joe, stick something else out there beside it that that, that blooms all the time to take your mind off of it. You know, something around the, like a little skirt <laughs> or some other kind of plants. You know, that way it won't b it won't be so noticeable. Yeah, I understand. More all right. more on your more on your plate, my friend. Yeah, okay. All right. Thank you. <laughs> okay, you bet. Appreciate it okay folks our number is toll free one eight seven seven m p b ring eight seven seven m p b ring give us a call we've got the lines wide open um let me see i want to check if i got any email since we've been on the line Um uh, nope not yet i got uh some some mostly um mostly some older emails but if you want to uh to shoot me an email guard it at mpbonline.org. I'll be glad to answer them as quick as I can get to them. Meanwhile, we're going to take a real quick, short break. Come back again. The lines are wide open. I want to give us a call? We'll be at, got plenty of time to yak about whatever's on your middle of July gardening mind. Uh, even if it's something you just want to to ask about, you know, I can give opinions as well as anybody. But anyway, Horticulture seller Rushing here, Mississippi Public Broadcasting, The Gassault Gardener. We're going to come back with more of it right after this.
3: If you're a
0: sustaining member of MPB Think Radio, we appreciate your support of our programs. To become a sustainer, go to mpbonline.org. Okay, though, folks, welcome
4: back.
2: This is WaterCulture's Zelda Rushing. Um, if you want to give us a call, 1-877-MPB-RING, let's talk to Davis in Jackson. Good morning. How are you?
0: Morning, Felder. How are you doing?
2: So far, so good.
0: Good. So, really, one of the one of the questions that I have, or probably the main question that I have, is just about general lawn care. Um, I know that we all would like to believe that we can cut our and water the grass whenever we want, but I'm 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 going to go out on a limb and, and assume that there's a, a certain protocol to to managing your lawn. Do you have any? Uh, I guess, Steph, on um, the best way to, to keep a green yard?
2: Yeah, uh, a couple of things. Uh, first of all, realize it's one of the most difficult things. Growing a nice lawn and growing good tomatoes are both pretty time-consuming. Um, and you have to look at it, in order to have a good lawn, you need to look at it from the grass's point of view. It is a living, breathing creature. If it doesn't get what it needs, it's going to shut down. And when it shuts down, other plants, We call them weeds, but other plants are going to take over because a lot of other plants grow better than grass does. So looking at it from the grasses' point of view, uh, there's several different kinds. The first and single most important thing you can do is to know what kind of grass you've got and mow it at the height that that grass prefers. You've got St. Augustine or Centipede, they need to be mowed high or else they're going to get real thin. If you want a real tight carpet type of lawn need to switch over to Bermuda grass or Zoysia grass. The mowing height determines how healthy that particular type of grass is. And that's the first important thing. Second thing is to give it a little bit of fertilizer every at least every three or four years, no more than once or twice a year. Use a good quality lawn food sometime in the late spring and the late summer at the most. Uh, but don't overdo it. A little bit of good lawn fertilizer gives it a slow, steady push that making it grow too fast, and the third thing is that if you can water it, it needs a good deep soaking at least once a month to be healthy. It'll shut down and green back up. It won't be pretty. You, if you water it every two or three weeks, that's better. But watering more than once a week causes problems. So in in order of importance, mow at the right height for your grass, give it a little bit of a good quality fertilizer in late spring and water deeply every 2 or 3 or 4 weeks. Those are what it takes to make your grass thick and healthy and have fewer problems with insect diseases, drought, all that kind of stuff. And you know, that's pretty much it. Weed killers are a far distant fourth. If you don't do those three things, nothing else you can do is really going to matter. Okay. And and that's looking at from the grass's point of view, not me or your neighbors or anybody. That's what the grass wants.
0: Right. I guess my, my fear is always that, you know, one, uh, as the heat index continues to climb, um, yeah. when we run into, you know, once a guy, cause we have a lawn service and we have a sprinkler system. So I guess, you know, from that perspective, I'm not really managing, managing the, the upkeep the way that I should. I kind of, you know, from the commercial, set it and forget it. So the lawn guy yeah. comes and then the water, the, the sprinklers, you know, go to, Yeah, I think it's about two times a, a, a week. And so from yeah. there, I'm not even paying attention anymore until I start to see brown patches or, you know, I yeah. see that it's taller in some places than others. So I, I definitely okay. appreciate the, the information. Well,
2: let, let me- let me ask you this. First of all, when I studied turf management in Mississippi State, I took an entire course on that, and I've gone to countless workshops, including at the Scott's Company up in Ohio. You know, I've been working on this for a long time. The people who sell stuff are in the business of selling stuff. If you want a good quality lawn, you need to look at it from the lawn's point of view. And The stuff they sell is oversold. I'm, and I, I took the same class as they do. They know that I'm telling the truth about this. There, if you'll if you look around, there are some beautiful lawns all around you that have never been watered. That'll tell you something. At the cemeteries, at schools, at the church, it's, the grass doesn't need it to survive. It needs it for quality. If you're going to have your lawn with an irrigation system, have it where it comes on two or three times a week, but do them about an hour apart and shut it off for a week. A good deep okay. soaking, then let it dry out. This causes the grass to have a deep root, watering all the time. And this is not new information. They teach this in turf management. Watering all the time, unless you've got a golf course and made it out of pure sand, keeps the makes the grass have real shallow roots that are more susceptible to heat and drought and stress. And then the last thing, if, you're, if your lawn care company is mowing for you, they're mowing way too close. That's what they do because they say people want a carpet effect. Well, we're not talking about people. We're talking about what does the grass want. you've got St. Augustine centipede, mohai, water really good every week or two, fertilized once a year, and that's all the grass needs to be thick, sturdy, healthy, and strong. Anything else simply weakens it. And, again, not my opinion. I'm not making this up. This is what they teach in every turf class across the South. And I'm not saying the people who sell that stuff are bad people, but they're overselling. Just like people who sell sugar and salt and food and burgers and French fries and hot dogs and all that stuff. Too many hot dogs not good for you either. So hot dog people ain't going to tell you that. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. I completely, I completely understand. Um, with that being
0: said, and I don't want to take too much more of your time, but I live on a slope. So like, um, you know, we 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 live up on the hill. So a lot of that water that that's hitting the yard is running off. Does that play uh, a significant role in the way I water? Or
2: yes, I yes, yes. What, what, watch how long it takes when you're watering for the water to start running off and just make a note that that's a little bit too long. So you want to water it where it soaks in. So water it until it starts to run off, shut it off for 30, 45 minutes, an hour, and then do that again. That second one will really soak straight in deep. So in other words, don't water so much your waste water. Let it soak in, see how long that takes, and then water a little bit less than that a couple of times an hour or so apart. That will really put the water down deep. And, uh, hey, Joe, shoot me an email. We can get a little bit more detail about this because this is really important, and a lot of people think that I don't know what I'm talking about. No, I do know what I'm I wrote the foreword to the best-selling lawn care manual in the South, but I'm on the grassy side. And that's really on your side, not the people selling stuff side. So, anyway, shoot me an email. All righty. Um, who else we got, Java? We got somebody else on the line?
3: Yeah, I don't know if we're going to get to everybody, but we have Joe in Mobile, Rosina in Braxton, and JJ in oh, yeah. Gulfport. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you choose, Felder. Who are we going to, Rosina, okay, Joe, let's or JJ? With
2: Joe. Let's go with Joe. Hey, Joe, good morning. Hello, Joe.
3: Um, I think Joe. Joe may have. Uh, Joe may have left them. Okay. Let's go to Rosina in Braxton.
2: Okay. Hey, Rosina, what's going
5: on? Good morning, Felder. I've got a crape myrtle uh, that is about ten feet high, maybe uh, only two or three feet wide, maybe three at the most. Yep, but it needs right. to get moved. So, do I cut it back now and then move it yes, in the fall?
2: It, it, Oh no, you you can cut you can cut it back now if you want. If you can move it in the fall, let's move it in the fall. But if you want to yes. cut it back now, that'd be fine too. Main thing is when you move it, definitely cut it back. Whether you cut it back now or not.
5: Oh, okay. I can wait till fall after it drops
2: the leaves and then just sure go ahead and move it. That's, okay. That's the that's the best time on, on for it and for you.
5: Didn't know about the limbs
2: though.
5: Okay. I hate crape murder, yeah. murder,
2: but. It do, does not hurt the plant any more than plucking eyebrows. your eyebrows. It's just a style. Don't let your neighbor's b- body shame yeah, you for how you yeah. treat your plants. Okay. Cut so okay. it now or later. But, okay. Thank you, sir. All righty. Okay. What do what you think? We got time to go to JJ and go for it? Let's do it. JJ, what's up?
0: Hi, Felder. How are you? Uh, great so far to see so you and paid a job as well. Uh, I have a quick Thank question you. about shaping my hedges. I've never really uh, done much of it before, so I'm pretty new to that. I was wondering if there was anything specific I needed to do uh, or, or not do to avoid cutting well, when I'm trying to shape them up a little bit.
2: You know what kind of plants they are?
0: Well, I'm, I thought you might ask that, uh, and I'm sorry, I don't really have a great answer for that. Okay, but they're
2: okay. kind of let's, a broad leaf, do, a little do, bit waxy. Let, okay, um, okay. Let, let's do two, two things here. First of all, get a pretty good close-up picture and shoot me an email with the picture. We'll identify it. Uh, with, with no problems at all, it might help you give a little bit more insight. But in general, you can prune most evergreen, broadleaf evergreen plants as hard as you want up until about the middle of August. And I wouldn't prune them past the middle of August because the new growth is going to take a little time to come back. So if you want to shape them up, you can cut them any way you want to. It's not going to kill the plant. But as far as shaping it up, there's no problem doing it right now. But uh, let's go ahead and get it. If you're going to do hard cutting... Let's go ahead and get that done the next couple of three, four weeks. And uh, shoot, shoot and, and me an email. Quickly, the name hear. of that uh, that that lawn care book that you were talking about? Oh no, no, I, I, I don't want I don't want to get into that. I, you know, I've written eighteen books and I don't ever talk about them. But uh, I just want to emphasize that I, I I do have training in that. But anyway, shoot me an email, uh, JJ. It's really easy. Garden at MPBOnline dot org, and uh, I can give you some real custom made advice on that. Alrighty, folks, whew, had a lot of fun. Appreciate Gus Muhammad doing that Dear Felder, Dear Felder song. Look forward to some of y'all submitting some, some verses at garden at mpbonline.org. Gestalt Garden is production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. My producer, Laid Backman, hard-working Java Chapman. Home greeter today is Kevin Farrell. I'm your host, Felder Rush. I'm going to be thinking of all of y'all this middle of July. Every day gets another chance to give it a go. Take a kid to a farmer's market or to a garden center. Field trip. main thing is show kids how we do best in getting dirty and surviving. We'll be back with more of the same time, same place next week on MPB.